Science tells us if we're a little bit, if we were a little bit closer to the sun, we'd all be dead. Science tells us if we were a little bit change in oxygen on earth, we, we wouldn't be able to sustain living. There's all of these things that the scripture says he's keeping the stars hung. He's keeping all of these things in motion. And we all believe that to be true. Amen. So how much more so should we believe when the scripture says that he's given us angels charge over thee and that he numbered our days before we were even born. God's put all of these things in motion. Shouldn't we live as if every single day God might divinely orchestrate us bumping into somebody who needs to meet him? We go through every day like, oh, it's going to be so hard. I don't know how I can witness. I don't, it might not. But maybe if we had this mindset of like God's putting so many things in place, just this little thing to God of putting somebody in your path that needs him and you capitalize on it. Are you with me? I think it's so possible. I think we make it so much more difficult than what it really is. And I believe this to be true, that there's people on this earth, in this time, in your lifetime, that are counting on you to share the word, to witness, to, to, to tell them of your breakthrough with God so that they can receive it. Amen. It's what we're called to do as Christians. Last week, we talked about how Proverbs chapter 11, verse 30 says, he that winneth souls is wise. If you're a soul winner, if you're somebody who goes after reaching people and sharing of the goodness of God, the scripture calls you wise. My mentor taught me that whenever you read a scripture to better understand the scripture, you read it in the opposite effect. So if the scripture says that a person who wins souls is wise, then it means a person who doesn't go after winning souls is what? Foolish. To be a people that say, no, I'll leave it to the evangelist, the Christian television. I'll leave it to this thing and that thing, but it's not my thing. The scripture then would say about your life, it's foolish for us to be a people who don't go after reaching people. Are you with me? It's the beginning of Holy Week. This is what it all is about. Jesus came to die on the cross so he could what? Set us all free. So his blood would cover our sins so that we could spend eternity with him. Yeah. You know, uh, scripture or in culture, you know, there was the phrase, it's kind of gone away. Uh, I spoke in youth group a couple of weeks ago and they told me that it's not a, it's not a phrase they use anymore. Uh, but YOLO was a big deal. You only live once. You only live once. And all the songs are like, you only live once. We only got today. Let's do today, right? But it's not true. The truth is you have so much more. Now, the scripture does say, we'll talk about it in a minute, that tomorrow's promise to no man. But as much as we think all we have is this, that's not true. What we have and what we have to steward is actually eternity. We have a lot more than just today or just even tomorrow. We have eternity and it's forever. And the scripture teaches us that there's choices we need to make now that affect eternity. Amen. Yeah. And so we got to pay attention to this thing of reaching people and, and going after souls because God equipped us and he positioned us to be a people that can succeed in reaching souls. Uh, we shared uh, a couple weeks ago that the average Christian uh, only witnesses or evangelizes to one person a year. That's not a healthy enough pace uh, to reach the people in the world who need God. Uh, the statistics say this, uh, if we asked all of the people who are non-believers to link hands, so either non-Christians or de-churched Christians, they were once a part of church, but they've since walked away. If you asked all of the non-believers to link hands, do you know that that line could go all the way around the world? the amount of people who are far from God. Do you know that the line grows 20 miles every day? You may have seen on my Facebook, I posted this week that the largest religious group is now atheist in America. Do you know that America is on pace to be the third largest mission field in the world? 
we used to send people from America to other countries to, to be missionaries, but now we are in a place of need. How many of you know we got work to do? If all the births and all the deaths in America stopped, so no more births, no more deaths, if everything froze the way it was, at our current evangelism rate in America, it would take 100 years to reach everybody at the poor pace that we're going in America. We need to reach more people. They say between the church's evangelism success rate and people's personal, Christian's personal evangelism rate, those two things put together are not enough to keep up with the growth rate in America. We have work to do. Maybe that's why the scripture says that the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers, the people who understand that people are counting on them, that's what's few. Amen. So we as a church, we started a little campaign last week kind of talking about how we want to believe for people to come to Easter and we want to reach out to people and see lives change. We're believing for salvations next Sunday, not so that we can grow the church, but so that we can see people saved. Amen. So we can see lives transformed. And so I'm going to kind of catch you up if you missed last week on some of the ways that we're going to go about doing that. But Luke chapter 19, verse 10 says this, for the son of man came to seek and save the lost. He came to seek them and save them. And the scripture calls us to be imitators of God or we're called to be Christ-like. So if Jesus came to seek and save, how many of you know our mission is to be a people who seek and save the lost? Not just come to church and, and believe for the pastor to do it or believe for the evangelist or the missionary to do it. We gotta be a people who our mission is to be seeking throughout the day who we can uh, reach. Are you with me? So we put together a little campaign about how we can be people who seek and save the lost. I, I shared this, and it feels a little bit like, a, like an announcement, or I'm getting into the announcement part of the service again, and so I don't want you to tune out. But I'll let you know the statistics of over 95% of people who come to our church come to our church for the first time inside of two categories. One, they were either personally invited by somebody else, so somebody else they knew comes here and asked them to come to the church, or they heard about it or were invited or saw about Vertical Church on social media, on Facebook. So when we get the back of the card, when a visitor comes and say, oh, how'd you hear about us? It's usually over 95% of the time, the category is either social media or somebody invited us. So my encouragement to you is this, as we're believing for Easter next week, as we're going to go to three services, uh, we'll talk about that at the end of the service. But uh, as we go to three services, what we would love for you to do is go on your Facebook and then go to Vertical Church and see that we've made an event page. And uh, the first thing you need to do, if you haven't already, I can't imagine anybody hasn't already because of last week I asked you to. <laughs> but you go on the church page, you'll see the event page for Easter, and all you got to do is click attending. And then the next thing you do is you go on there and you just invite people. So you just either can go to share or you can go to invite. But listen, I'm telling you, there's people in this room right now that are here because somebody invited them to church on Facebook. It just works. I'm telling you, one of the ways we seek and save the lost is simply using social media to seek out people who God might use to come to this church. Are you with me? So jump on your Facebook. That's one way. Another way, and if you didn't pick it up, we got plenty more in stock. We sold out last week. Uh, but we have this as our book of the month. And uh, outside of even this campaign, you got to have this book in your life. Uh, it's called Sharing Jesus Without Freaking Out. And I think it's 11 or 12 bucks on Amazon. Uh, but we as a church so believe 
uh, in this message, in this book, uh, in the opportunity that we have to reach people, that we're making this five bucks. So we're taking a hit on this today. Uh, I'm not just saying, you know, like, oh, if you feel like it, go get this book. I'm telling you, go get this book after the end of service. Go down there, five bucks, and um, it just is a really practical way, just like that video. It's a really practical way to look at how we go after people and how we engage people uh, in a loving way. Not a stand on a podium with a bull horn and tell them they're all going to hell. No, it's how to real life evangelize and love people. Amen. I would say with that book, depending on your reading level, uh, it's very easy. If you just spent about 30 minutes a night up until Easter, you would read the book in time. You'd be able to have it done. Uh, I would also tell you this. If you start reading it, I bet you read it longer than 30 minutes a night. It's just a really great read. You're really going to like it. And uh, so pick that up on your way out. Why? Because it's going to stir some things up in you. I believe this. If you take the time to read a book like that, God's going to honor your effort. And guess what? I bet you're going to be able to bump into some people that you can reach for him this week. Amen. And so pick that book up. That's another way. Uh, another way that we're really, really excited about is um, your elementary kids will leave with one of these today. It's just a little egg. And on the inside of it is an invitation. And so they'll come spilling out of there. And like I said last week, don't go McDonald's Happy Meal on them and throw this away in the middle of the night because I know that's what you do with their Happy Meal. Uh, this you need to keep. And you need to sit down with them. You need to say, hey, what is that egg? And they're going to say, oh, it's an invitation. I'm supposed to give it to somebody in my school. But here's what's going to happen with that. You're going to sit down with them and you're going to say, hey, guys, you know, God, everything I'm talking about, God wants us to love our neighbor and, and invite them. And, and so they're going to go to school and they're going to believe that they get to give this to somebody. I got real emotional over it next week or last week, but, but think about it. What if it works, you guys? What if it works with our kids? What if they go in and they give this egg and that little one comes, you know, their friend comes and then gets connected? What a great testimony to our young people. Amen. And uh, I tell you this, I told you this last week, uh, it's possible for families to come to this church just because their kids love it so much. You know, we've had people literally come up to me and say, man, oh man, our kids just really love this church. We come here because our kids won't let us leave. And I'm like, and, and the sermons, right? You love the sermons too. Like, you're so, like, no, kids, we love the kids' sermons or whatever. But you just don't know. I'm saying don't let this go to a waste. You sit down with your kids and you tell them about the opportunity to go out and invite a friend and, and see what happens with it. So that's one of the things we're doing. The other really fun thing for the kids is uh, they're in their new space today, but uh, kind of a trial run for how everything works. But next week, they're all their new spaces, the, the fruit of the legacy offering that so many of you invested in. How I many you know God is going to honor the seed that you did back at legacy? And I believe at Easter, God's going to change kids' lives. Amen. So they'll be in their new spaces. There's a scavenger hunt and giveaways and all kinds of things. Um, and so be inviting families. You know, anybody that you know, you're going to a dance class or gymnastics or whatever you're doing with your kids, get the word out there that we'd love to have families on Easter. Amen. Another thing you'll notice all over the building, and I'm almost done with this kind of promotional part. Uh, another thing you'll notice all over the building is just these little cards, and it's all the details of our Easter service. So I'm telling you, go take six or seven of these uh, if you're going to use them. I don't want you to waste them. But take these cards and just lay them, lay them out. When you go out to eat, just leave one at the table. When you go wherever, just leave them out. You never know. How many of you have heard the testimonies before where somebody says, yeah, you know, Back in the day, it used to be a track, right? But, uh, but yes, yeah, so I got this paper. I got this invite. And um, same thing. There's people in this room that, that got a mail piece from us, and they came to the church and got connected, and their life was forever changed. How I many you know if God can use a burning bush, if he can use a donkey in Scripture, I believe he can use a card 
to get people to come to church to receive from him. Amen. But we got to do our part. We got to do our part in it. You don't know who's counting on you. And so take some of these cards, put them in the break room, put them in places that people will see. And um, again, all the details about all three services. So we'd love to have you uh, be a part of that. And then lastly, this is just a really cool thing that rolled out last week. You'll notice on the foyer on your way in are these little cards. And what we did with these last week is they're kind of clipped on a clothesline. And what you do is you fill out a card. You put a name of somebody that you're believing uh, to be saved, that you want somebody to experience God's love. And so you write their name, you write their city. Don't put a lot of details on there. We can't have it too personal. But just put a name and a city on there and then clip it up on the clothesline. And then what you're going to do then is you're going to take a name down. So you're going to put a name up and you're going to take a name. And then when you take that name home, you're going to be praying. So last week, you know, 200 people uh, got, got cards and got all kinds of stuff and went and started praying and believing and, and uh, we, you know, filled up all our papers. And so let's do it again this week. Let's just get a name and be believing. How many know God will honor that? When the scripture says some plants, some water, some harvest, let us do our part in, in praying over them. Amen. And uh, many of you, again, sit in this room and say, I know the only reason I'm here today is because granny was praying for me or so-and-so. Let's be that church who would have the same testimony. Amen. And uh, so those are our ways. We'd love for you uh, to be a part of how God is going to move in this. So I was thinking, you know, how the scripture says that life is but a vapor. And um, for those of you who don't know, just a couple weeks ago, I, I turned even older. I'm 36 now and um, requires a lot of stretching and supplements to make it through a day. And, uh, and so 36 years old, but, but I have kids, of course, you know, a six-year-old, a four-year-old, and a nine-month-old. And so I remember growing up where uh, old people would always say things like, the older you get, the faster life goes. And when you're little, you don't, you don't even know what that means. Like, what does that even mean? I think a minute is still 60 seconds when you get old, right? I don't, but now I know, right? Now I know. You turn, you turn around, you're like, oh my gosh, my kids are old. You know, our daughter, our littlest one, she's nine months. And she looks so much like our oldest daughter that every time I'm like playing with her or doing a thing, I have flashbacks of two you know, the older Caroline being like, and it just makes me go, man, this all went so fast. Uh, a tooth just broke through on Callie, our youngest thing. So now she doesn't even look like a baby anymore. You know, I just like want to send her to the store to get us stuff, you know, because she has a tooth. And, uh, and so you just, you're starting to feel that like, man, life goes really fast. This is all. So when the scripture says life is but a vapor, it's so true. This all goes so quick. Are you with me? Uh, my son, He's just at the best age right now. I'm doing a really, uh, I'm making a real big effort to try to record him as much as I can because you just want to be able to, because he's just at the funnest age. He's four, so he believes everything. Every, he just believes everything, and everything is amazing, and everything is so fun. And so he's just like the funnest to hang out with. You know, I mean, so much better than all of you. I'd just rather hang out with <laughs> And so he, so I'm trying to just capture everything because I realize you know, it's a vapor, you know, it's just here and gone. And um, he's, he's, my favorite is right now, he's messing up the word beginning and I'm not fixing it because it's fun to hear. So he wants to watch a show. Dad, let's go back to the beginning. I'm like, all right, let's do the beginning. And he's really into Flash, the show, uh, the superhero show on CW. He's the fast superhero called The Flash. And so he just pays attention to a lot of things. And so when Flash runs, he holds his hands like this. And so in the scene, he's like, like this. And so Charlie, he's really into it. And so he, he, every time you can just tell when he's getting ready to run, he kind of checks his hands and he, and he does this thing. And Jess runs with, with some people here in the church, they do the thing. And so she was getting ready to run. He said, mama, he's like, mama, when you run with your friends, make sure you tell them, 
keep their hands open. They go faster. <laughs> and then Caroline ran to her bedroom with her hands closed, and he yells across the room, like, Caroline, open your hands. You'll go faster. <laughs> he just, he's so into it. So I just want to freeze it because life is a vapor. Because in a little bit, he's going to realize it might not make that much of a difference, right? <laughs> I don't know. But, but it's just, it goes so quick. And then I begin to think about, isn't it sad that most of the time we get eternally minded is when it's too late. It's at the funeral and they passed away and you go, oh man, I wish we would have dot, 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 right? Or the kids move out of the house and you go, oh man, I wish we would have dot, dot, dot. Or when the kids start acting up as a teenager and you realize it's because you neglected investing in them and connecting with them and you weren't eternally minded enough for them. I hope that's not said about us as a church when it comes to the lost. Are you with me? That it's been too long. It went, we, we were too late. We, didn't, we weren't eternally minded enough. We need to capture all of it now. Why? Because life is a vapor and it all goes really quick. There's so many stupid things that we spend our time on. I was listening, and again, I'm not against golf, but I was listening to ESPN brag about how they have 18 hours of golf coverage for four days for the masters. And I just thought if you think about it eternally, 18 hours of coverage for four days to watch a golf ball go up and down grass and in a hole. It's ridiculous, right? It means nothing at the end of the day. Now Tiger's going to win it and it's going to be amazing, but I'm just telling you at the end of the day, and so sports shows we're talking about, listen, we were at PetSmart yesterday and they are promoting the Easter bunny is going to be at PetSmart for the animals. You can get a picture with your dog and the Easter bunny. You want to talk about not living eternally minded? We're spending time on some stupid stuff in America. Then we don't understand why the conversion rate isn't there. Are you with me? Speaking of PetSmart, I have an illustration that maybe some of you have been waiting for. I got these fish here. And um, they're goldfish. I got them yesterday. And uh, we're going to scoop one of them out of here. And... Put it on the table. Yeah, yeah, just, it's fine. It was 10 cents. I'm going to scooch this back. All right. So this little guy is going to hang out. Stay there, buddy. I would feel bad if it fell. So I believe what Pastor Lee Cummings says. No, back to me. Don't worry about the fish. He was 10 cents, has a two-week lifespan. But I believe what Pastor Lee says he wrote in his book that's coming out here soon, he said that mankind, so we believe this, that birds were created for the air. Fish were created for the sea. Mankind was created for the presence of God. So when this fish is out of its element, it's suffering. When this fish is out of its element, it's, it's in pain. When this fish is out of its environment, it's in big trouble. Are you with me? So when it's not in an environment, when it's not in the place it was created to be, it's living really unsuccessful, isn't it? <laughs> now, here's the truth. I want you all to know because you're freaking out. This guy's plastic. <laughs> but listen, listen. <laughs> oh, they're, they're eating it? We got it from Oriental Trading. It's probably poisonous. <laughs> but listen, here's the truth about this scenario. Some of you just spent more angst and anxiety over that 10-cent goldfish than you did your neighbor who's going to hell. 
We have so many people in our lives who are out of their element. They're out of the presence of God. They're out of their, and we just pass them by. We walk up our driveway and we say to our neighbor, going to snow again. Well, your grass is getting green. And we talk about stupid, stupid, stupid stuff. And they're out of their environment. They're suffocating spiritually. They're in, are you with me? We get more concerned about this, right? Then the scripture actually begins to talk about this. Proverbs 24, verse 11. In verse 12, it says this, it says, rescue those being led away to death. Hold back those staggering toward the slaughter. If you say, but we knew nothing about this, does not he who weighs the heart perceive it? Does not he who guards your life know it? He will not repay, will he not repay everyone according to what they have done? So the scripture is saying this, if we live as a people who watch the world stagger to the slaughter and we do nothing about it, God knows it. Are you with me? Every coworker we walk past without checking in on them, every person we feel the need to share or evangelize and we choose not to, the scripture says, don't we have a God who sees our heart and knows and will judge accordingly? Look, you can try to trick me, the pastor. You can try to trick a family member. that you're, But God is the one who's watching what we do with our days. And he's watching how we interact with the lost and those who have fallen away. And he's saying, look, don't be a person who, who just lets people walk to the slaughter. He said, no, rescue them. Stop them. Save them. Are you with me? I'll close with this. Think about this. Jesus' plan to save the world is for you to be a witness. That's the plan, you guys. It's the plan of salvation, is for us to be a people who go seal the deal. Everybody said, well, hold on, I don't like that terminology. Jesus sealed the deal on the cross. Yes, yes, he did. He set us free and, and he bought back, I, I get all that. But he also, before he left, gave us the great commission, which is this. Now go out there and reach people for me. Literally, Jesus' plan is for us to be used to be the people who bring people to heaven. That's what we do. We're the witnesses. We're the, we're the ones who bring. And so I get it that God shows up and he supernaturally speaks and prompts and does these things to people. But even so, after that, we're still called to disciple them, right? And so it's on us to be a people for this whole thing. That's why Jesus said what? Who's the light of the world? You are the light of the world. We are the people. We can't, the city on a hill, we can't hide. We gotta be a people who go reach people. Amen. Matthew chapter nine, verse 35 and 30 through 38 says this. It says, then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. When he had saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep, having no shepherd. But then he said to his disciple, the harvest is truly plentiful, but the laborers are few. Here's a part we don't think of. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send the laborers in the harvest. Do you know that Jesus literally just gave you a prayer request? Jesus just came to you and said, hey, I have a prayer request. Will you pray that laborers be sent into the harvest field? Isn't that amazing? I mean, think about it. His response here, hey, we need to be a people who pray 
that people go out and reach people in a harvest for the kingdom. Amen. And so the same call is on us right now. It's one thing to say, oh, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are full, few. But heaven has a prayer request and has called us to be a people that pray for witnesses and for people to evangelize and for people to go reach people. We should be that. Amen. It is impossible to read the scripture and not realize that Jesus' heart was for every lost soul. Every single lost soul. And ours should be the same way. He says to Zacchaeus, hey, dude, we're, I'm coming to your house. He was always seeking and chasing and pursuing the loss. How much more so should the church? Amen. And so that's what we're going to do as the churches go after people in all of these ways. I believe that God is going to use these things to go reach people. You got mankind who are out of their natural habitat. Presence, I don't know, whatever I said earlier. But for real, we got that neighbor who's out of their element. They're out of their thing. And they need us to reach them, save them, show them where they belong. Amen.